You're listening to the Presence Pioneers Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Presence Pioneers Podcast. This summer of 2021, we are going to be doing some replay episodes. We have now been running this podcast for almost two and a half years. And early on in the podcast, we had a lot fewer listeners and we had some amazing conversations with some leaders of worship and prayer ministries. And we wanted to bring those episodes back out of the archives, edit them and clean them up a little bit for you and share them with you over this summer. And that's going to allow many of you who haven't heard them for a few years, or maybe you're new to the podcast and you haven't heard them at all. You're going to get some amazing insights on prayer, on unity, on bringing together your city, on how to worship and pray in creative and unifying, enjoyable ways from some amazing leaders like David Bradshaw, Lisa Coons, Jonathan Tremaine Thomas, David Fritch, Jonathan Frizz. So you're going to love these episodes. This is also going to give our Presence Pioneers podcast team a break, including myself and our family over the summertime to do some traveling ministry and we will be kicking back in with some brand new episodes probably later in the summer of 2021. If you are tuning into one of these episodes and it's your first time, thank you for jumping in. Our podcast exists to equip you to host the presence of God right there in your community. So we want to help you do that through day and night worship and prayer. So we provide these episodes on Thursdays, and sometimes they're short little teachings from the Bible. Sometimes they're extended interviews and conversations with Bible teachers or leaders of prayer and worship ministries. And so we would love for you to just hit follow or subscribe if you're not subscribed or not following us yet, depending on what platform you're on, so that you can get these episodes every week to help you and equip you to experience more of the presence of God and learn how to pray and worship and lead others in doing that as well. You can always visit our website at presencepioneers.org. We have our entire podcast archive up there. We also have more information about some of our other ministry efforts, and you can make a donation up there to support our podcast. Our podcast is totally funded by our amazing Presence Pioneers partners who help support this podcast as well as all of our other ministry efforts. So thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode today. Don't forget, God's presence changes everything. All right, welcome to today's episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, Special guest today is David Bradshaw, the founder of Awaken the Dawn and a good friend of mine. All right, David, welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks for having me. My joy to be here. Yeah, awesome, man. Well, So you're now leading Awaken the Dawn, which is this nationwide worship, prayer, missions movement. It's connected to tents primarily is the expression that's happening where there's tents being set up all over America, the National Mall, different things like that. Before we dive into that too much, maybe you could just give us a little backstory for people that don't know you, don't know some of the history. You're based in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Maybe give us some, some, some backstory to what was going on in Fredericksburg before this whole Awaken the Dawn thing uh, blew up in 2017. Yeah, well, you know, we we did not uh, plan to be involved. I know uh, many people have this kind of story, but didn't intend to be involved in a day and night prayer and worship movement. I was here in Fredericksburg. I was on staff at a local church working with young adults. And I remember when 
uh, the first person came to me and said, what if we pray 24 seven for three days? Um, and I honestly thought it was going to be one of the hardest and worst things I'd ever done. I think I did, I'd done two all night prayer meetings up until that point in my life. And they were both miserable. I mean, it was like <laughs> four o'clock in the morning and everybody's bored out of their minds and had no idea what to do. So this, this girl comes to me and goes, can we pray 24 seven for three days? And I thought this is going to be, this is going to be horrific. I loved gatherings. I loved mission trips. I loved, um, all kinds of expressions of outreach, but man, prayer was like, I always said it was like the dentist office to me. It's like, you, you know, you have to do it because you don't want your right. teeth to fall out, but nobody wants to go to the dentist office. And so for me, a prayer meeting was like that. It was just the last thing I wanted to do. But those three days completely changed our life. We were there 24 seven in shifts, obviously. Um, but the Lord met us so powerfully during those three days. I remember we were singing out of the Bible for the first time, for example. I'd, we'd never done that. It's three o'clock in the morning and we were lost in the presence of God and in the word of God. And 17 year old kids are walking up to me afterwards going, can we please never stop? There were people that came to Jesus in those first three days of ever doing this that are wow. on the mission field to this day. They walked in at three in the morning, encountered Jesus, gave their life to Christ and are now on the mission field to this day from that very first three days of 24 seven prayer and worship. And um, so many things happened. And then we got out into the next um, event that was following the three days and the Holy Spirit's presence and activity was so dramatically increased in that environment. We realized that prayer and worship um, in sustained expressions and culture was not, um, it was the furthest thing in the world from the dentist office. <laughs> I, I it, <laughs> we got absolutely hijacked. So that started a journey for us. And we started doing 24 seven prayer worship with a community here in Fredericksburg, Virginia, we did it once a once a quarter. Then it went to uh, more common than that in 21 day periods of time, and just got it absolutely shifted our entire ministry philosophy, worldview, perspective of the kingdom of God to a presence centered lifestyle culture. And then you know you've had the experience too, but my eyes were opened. I saw Genesis to Revelation, the biblical narrative, the historical narrative. God is all always strategically called us to live in a present centered way where the person of Jesus is at the center of how we do missions, how we do community, how we do church, how we do family, how we do life. And that's where his authority is. That's where you know the kingdom is manifested in a unique and powerful way. So we got hijacked by the Lord, really. I just wanted to see a couple hundred kids come to Jesus in my city. And it turned into praying about the Middle East getting caught up in a bigger storyline than I ever would have dreamed of. And ever since then, worship and prayer has been right at the center of how I understand the kingdom of God. And so we planted the prayer furnace in, in 2009 here in Fredericksburg. And that was about 12 to 18 hours a day of worship and prayer for about a decade. Um, and uh, just saw hundreds of people come through on staff or and serve in the prayer room and uh, saw God do remarkable things. But you know, for me, one of the key verses in that journey was Isaiah 30, you know, where it speaks of prayer and it says that uh, the Lord waits to be merciful to us as we lift our voices to him. And then it says, and your, your, your eyes will see your teacher and you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way walk in it. And that was what I didn't anticipate is that when we were seeking the Lord 12 to 18 hours a day for years, we end up 
in storylines that we could never fabricate or produce. It's like the Lord comes behind you and goes, this is the way, walk in it. And suddenly you're stepping into things that are, um, that are actually in the, the blueprint, the dream of God that you begin to step into. So that was our experience. So yeah, we've been here. I've been here since I was in Fredericksburg for many, many years and just uh, seeing God do some, some amazing things and some really hard, challenging times too. Sure. So you guys are there in Fredericksburg, 10 years or so day and night. I mean, hours and hours a day of worship and prayer missions. I know a, a local church was birthed out of that as well. So yeah. we get to, you know, this Awaken the Dawn thing that, that took off in 2017. Give us, give us some of the early rumblings of, of that, because a lot of people know of Awaken the Dawn and what's happening in America right now. But it started in this little community in Fredericksburg, and God started uh, just speaking pretty profoundly. So, so maybe sh- share some of that storyline. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I was kind of laughing to myself a little bit when you said we're known for tents. Um, I literally <laughs> remember a leadership meeting I sat in because we did a tent the first time where I said in this leadership meeting, I'm never doing tents again. Um, and, but, but the Lord really did uh, orchestrate something amazing over the past few years. And I always like to say, for me, Awaken the Dawn is not a fundamentally about events. It's fundamentally about uh, a family across the nation that has a shared value for hosting the presence of God in a transformative way in cities and campuses. And we just want to resource that family. It's a decentralized movement, really, of communities that are on fire and have this uh, shared value and passion for hosting the presence of God as, as a, in a transformative way. So that was always our heart's desire. And the tents were just this like catalyst, this tool that the Lord, the Holy Spirit's been highlighting um, along the way. So the short story, you know, is yeah. uh, back in 2009, we were, uh, we had these gatherings of young adults and, um, uh, one year we, we had a gathering plan, about a thousand, couple thousand young adults, um, at these gatherings and we had nowhere to do it. The venue fell through. And so I don't know if you've ever had that happen, but we are kind of praying going, God, where do you want to host this thing? And I have a dream from the Lord that we're doing the gathering in a massive tent. It was a 5,000 person tent. And I knew the name of the guy is actually from North Carolina who yeah. owns the tent. And it was a real guy in a real tent, but I'd never met the guy. And here we are, we're going to host a couple thousand young adults. We're praying 24-7 at the time. And I get a dream about this guy's tent. Well, two weeks later, the guy calls us out of the blue. And he goes, I know we don't know each other, but the Holy Spirit told me to call you. What are we supposed to do together? And I'm like, I dreamed we're using your tent. So he brings this tent up. It's a 5,000-person tent right up here to, to Fredericksburg. And we did three days in the tent. And yeah. at the end of it, we did it two years um, uh, two separate years. And the second time we did it, we had a, a guy here with us. Some of you might've heard of called Bob Jones, and a prophetic guy in his eighties. And he pulls us into this side tent and he says, you're going to be part of a tent movement. Basically is what he said. I, he didn't say the tent movement phrase exactly, but he said, you're going to be part of tent gatherings. And he goes, the youth of America are going to gather. It's going to be Porta Johns and hot dog stands beyond your wildest imagination. He goes, music and worship and prayer and the prophetic are going to converge together. And it's a new Jesus movement and you're going to be part of it. And he shares this word. And by the, by the time he's done, we're literally on the ground in this tent, in the dirt, sobbing uh, just in the presence of God. 
And, and God confirmed this so powerfully, I, but I still had no idea what he was talking about, to be honest with you, or at least it felt so unattainable. I couldn't even imagine how God could orchestrate that work. So we actually did nothing. Hey guys, this is Matthew. We'll get back to the episode in just a moment. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider joining Presence Pioneers Premium, our brand new subscriber community. Paid subscribers will get exclusive premium content, such as bonus podcast episodes, exclusive articles, early releases, and more. Presence Pioneers will be releasing its first e-course in 2024 with many more to come. And the Presence Pioneers premium subscribers will always have full access to the entire library of online courses. Visit media.presencepioneers.org or click the link in the description to join today. You can become a premium member today for an introductory price of only $5 a month. When the price goes up in the future, as our library of resources grows, you can stay subscribed at the original price. If you've enjoyed our podcast for a while, becoming a premium member is a simple way for you to help us cover the cost of producing this podcast and partner with Presence Pioneers in equipping the church with resources for day and night prayer, prophetic worship, missions, and revival. Visit media.presencepioneers.org to sign up today. To try yeah. to do it. We just, we're just like, okay, whatever that means, you know? And so fast forward a couple of years, we start getting dream after dream. And I won't tell them all, but basically about a gathering on the East Coast that was going to touch the nation. In one gathering, uh, in one dream, a man actually, the Lord said that exact phrase to him in the dream. He was talking to me in the dream and he goes, there's going to be a gathering on the East Coast that touches the nation. And he said, the 12, 12 tribes or streams are going to gather. And then uh, a prophetic man calls us from Kansas City and he goes, hey, um, I had a dream last night. And, and he said, and the Lord says that there's a gathering on the East Coast of the 12 tribes. And he basically quotes the other dream almost word for word. And then wow. he goes, and yeah, I, I just... I just had this dream that you were meeting with Andy Byrne from uh, uh, YWAM, you, um, you know, The Send. Yeah. And um, I had just booked a flight to go meet Andy Byrne that week where we talked about going to the East Coast. And so God just put some things in motion that were just so sovereign. I was working with Lou Engel, and I thought all of this storyline, this, and this is an encouragement to pioneering leaders. I was yeah. trying as hard as I could to give this storyline away. I thought... It has to be Lou Engel. He's the gatherer. You know, I'm just giving him the dreams. And he keeps turning to me and he goes, you're the one with the storyline. He goes, yeah. if you pull the trigger and go to the National Mall in Washington, D.C. with the tents, he goes, we'll go with you. And I'm thinking, I have no business calling all of America to the National Mall in, in tents of day and night worship. Um, I, it just, I, I couldn't imagine how God was going to accomplish that word. But God just confirmed it so dramatically. In fact, my wife and I go on a fast for uh, a week in secret. And we're like, Lord, if you want us to pull the trigger, because that's what Lou said. If you pull the trigger to the National Mall, we'll go with you. And I'm like, okay, I got to fast and pray. So one yeah. week of fasting, I'm like, Lord, if you want us to go to the mall, you need to confirm this. And day three of the fast, I get an email from a friend and, and he's like, hey, man, I had a dream last night and 
in the dream, you were leading this massive gathering and I walked up to you and I said, the Holy Spirit says, don't be afraid to do the new thing he's told you to do. And I hadn't told anybody we were on this fast. So I'm like, this is getting serious, you know? And yeah. I called Lou Engel again. Actually, I was with Lou in Atlanta. And I said, Lou, I, this guy had this dream. I had these other dreams, the word for word, you know, all this is going on. Maybe this is the Lord. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and by this point, we'd had this concept of 50 tents for 50 states where thousands of singers and musicians would gather together and fill 50 tents day and night on the National Mall at the center of our nation. And um, so I said, I still need more confirmation. And Lou goes, your next step is to talk to my friend, Chris. He goes, that's your next step. So I'm like, okay. We turn around. 30 minutes later, I drive to the airport. I'm in line for my flight, maybe an hour later. And I look up and the guy in front of me in line is Chris. The very guy, Lou said, that's your next step. And I'm freaking out. I'm like, this how, because Chris lives in, Kansas City, we're in Atlanta flying to Virginia and he's in front of me in line. And he's like, the Lord says it's 2017. You need to go to the mall in 2017 on the airplane. He shares that with me. Yeah. So God just confirmed wow. it, you know, yeah. over and over again. So it, it was a dramatic journey. You know, by the time we got there, we accidentally filled the permit out for um, the 20 year anniversary of Promise Keepers on the National Mall. And we accidentally booked the mall for the Feast of Tabernacles, unintentional. Um, here we are calling America intense and accidentally landed the Feast of Tabernacles. And it turned out about 1,700 um, worship teams came and just filled those 58 tents 24-7. The crime dropped in the city, Washington, D.C. You know, the, the capital, the police chief came down to the mall and was like, we have no explanation for what's going on right now, but there's, there's no crime in the city and the police force is buzzing right now about what's happening on a weekend, you wow. know, amazing yeah. demonstrations that the presence of Jesus changes everything. Yes. So yeah, yes. it's been a crazy journey. That's amazing. Yeah. I love, I love that story, man. Uh, I, I'm just sitting here as you're sharing that I'm thinking about people that are watching, listening to this and they want to get caught up in God's storyline as well. You know, they may not have these dramatic stories and confirmations and dreams, but that, that didn't happen in a vacuum. I know you guys were praying day and night for years. You're positioning yourself. What would you say to somebody? Because somebody's listening to this podcast. They're going to they're gonna be wanting to pursue God. They're going to want to be used for God's glory in some kind of way. What would you say to somebody that's, that's saying, I want to get caught up in the storyline of God? How do I get a storyline? How do I hear that voice? This is the way I walk in it. What, any, anything you would suggest to people so that they can sort of get caught up in this? Yeah, well, again, just back to that Isaiah 30 thing. It's, Isaiah 30 is a chapter about prayer to Israel. And there's this promise in the passage that as Israel is crying out to God, the Lord says, I will be, your eyes will see your teacher, and you will hear a voice behind saying, this is the way I walk in it. And I honestly think, you know, uh, so much of life is just day-by-day -day obedience to the Lord and to the Word. And the dramatic stuff, It, you know, it's, it's significant, but it's not every single day, you know, and right. I think sometimes it's important to factor in the months and years of, for lack of a better term, the mundane daily interaction with the Lord. But I, yeah. I believe personally, it's a promise that if you will stay in that priestly lifestyle of the mundane interactions with the Lord day by day, you will hear the voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. 
And there will be that sense of stepping into storylines um, that you could never produce. And yeah. it may not be national and, and visible to you know, millions of people, um, which is just a false definition of success anyway. Um, but what you will have is a quality of life in the spirit. And that's what I prayed for many years. I, I, as I never personally asked the Lord for big platforms. Um, I, I'm not even saying it's wrong to do that. I just never did. Um, the deeper cry in my heart was, Lord, I'm asking you for a quality of life with you. I've yeah. seen it in biographies. I've seen it in the scriptures and I will not settle for less. And so it was a daily prayer for me ever since I was a teenager, really. Uh, there's a quality of life in the spirit where I'm hearing the voice of God and living in the adventure of obedience in the context of priestly lifestyle of prayer and worship and presence and interaction with God's heart. Yeah. That is available to everyone. I'm convinced yes. if you will step into that priestly life, of interaction with God as a lifestyle, you will begin to step into the storyline of God. There's, there's no way that it will not happen. You just have to, you just have to embrace the patience of that, that pilgrimage. I mean, you know, people hear the stories of, of Awaken the Dawn and, and the, you know, the, the 1700 worship teams and tents. And of course it went all over the nation and everything that's happening. But what they don't see is decades a solid decade, but really more like 15 years of just daily. And that was the key word daily interaction with God in that way. And the, the memories of corporate prayer meetings where the Lord met us so powerfully and there was only 30 people in the yeah. room sometimes or something like that is yeah. just as sweet to me, if not more sweet in some cases than the big moments where there's 50,000 people. It, it's like the Lord is the God of the process. And so I just, I'm convinced personally that God has um, a specific assignment in this divine storyline that is a great adventure for everyone, but he's looking for hearts that are fully given to him. And, and there is, there are dimensions of that storyline that I think only come when you live that priestly life uh, yeah. before the Lord. I think that's kind of what Isaiah 30 is speaking of in that yeah. passage. So, that's amazing, man. Well, look, will you just may say a quick prayer for anybody that's watching or listening that that uh, that there would be grace on us in, in, to enter into all that that you're sharing? Yeah, God, I do. I just pray, Lord, that you would give that gift of faith to everyone watching, Lord, to hear your voice behind them saying this, this is the way walk in it. And even more so to embrace that priestly, daily, even sometimes mundane interaction with you knowing it's going somewhere it's it's a story lord that is beyond any of us it's bigger than all of us and and i just pray that you would give um that sense of purpose and clarity in the lifestyle lord that we really are going somewhere with you and lord that there is a a, a reality that you want to unfold um in our lives of of a story that's bigger of the power of God being executed through our lives. And so I just pray, I pray for grace for the daily interaction with your heart in community. God, I just pray that Lord, would you raise up hundreds, thousands of communities of people that have daily interaction with God and that Lord in that place, Lord, anything becomes possible. And so God, I just pray, I pray for that grace more than anything to, to live as a priest, to draw near to God, 
as our greatest ministry, really our greatest ministry. So God, thank you for that, Lord. Mm -hmm. Jesus name. Yeah. Thanks so much, David. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please share it with your friends, share it on social media. If you're tuning in on Apple Podcasts, please give our podcast a rating or review. If you're on YouTube, if you could give us a thumbs up or leave us a comment, all of those things help spread the word about the podcast and give us some more credibility. We really appreciate that. And if you are still not following us or subscribing to us, please hit that follow button or that subscribe button so that we can continue to equip you to host the presence of God through day and night worship and prayer. Bless you all. Don't forget God's presence changes everything. Mm -hmm.